everyone. Hi. And welcome to another edition of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Rowland, um, go through an issue of the Silver Age comic book, Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen, with my daughter, and together? Why is that a question? I don't know. I always wonder what to say at this point. <laughs> Like, I don't know what to say, I don't know if... And together we comment on the absurdity and the insanity that is the comic book Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Maybe I'll just throw it to you from now on. Yeah, I'm better at summarizing it. I mean, you know, know, it's not that you're... It's It's not not to say that you're bad at summarizing it. Right. But I'm better at it. You really think so? In this case, yeah, because every time I've said it, it's been summed up pretty nicely, and you just, like, flounder around for words. I mean, I guess I could just, like, say it all all over the place, but, like, I want to try to say, like, a new thing every time. I did say a new thing after what I said last time. Right, but, you know, basically you're saying the same thing yeah. using slightly different words. That's what you do, too. I guess that's true. All right, so we are now coming to you. Because of course, we we can't actually um, actually do anything for any length of time from a single location. So you know, we all moved, and when we moved, there was this idea that someday we were going to make this. Te- my my wife had this idea that we were going to get this teen hangout. We converted the garage and added couches and a refrigerator and several tables. Right. And now we have added our recording studio. However, this place does not have AC either. Right. And, and it's infested with mosquitoes. It seems to have some it seems to have a mosquito issue that we will deal with at some point in the very near future, but until then we just offed up and now weird clapping sounds like someone trying to kill a mosquito. Right. Sorry. <sighs> so you ready to go? Yeah. Okay, uh, and you know, as an as an added additional thing, uh, Ella Plum is homesick from school today, so. So I'm kind of out of it. Right. So if you hear, maybe hopefully she won't get delirious, or anything like that, and probably, probably we'll just uh, you know just muddle through and see what we can do. All right. We start as we always start. With the cover. The cover. Uh, it is December of 1960. Is it 1960? It is 1960, right? That was a cricket. Yep, December 1960. I didn't hear a cricket. I heard a cricket. Right. I'm sure that there is a cricket in here. It's a garage. Yeah. And it's a garage that's not ter- that's used terribly often. But sometimes, you know, the the, uh, the the podcast they have crickets in it. You know, at uh, Nerd Melt, the old at the old uh, Meltdown Comics Studio, the performance space in the back, mm. they had crickets. Mm. You didn't know that. You never went. Mm-hmm. When who did you see there? Oh right! Did you hear the crickets then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, Ella Plum and I are briefly featured, very briefly featured, mostly yeah. in the podcast documentary Earbuds. I was like twelve. From uh, done by Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini of the Comedy Film Nerds they podcast. Said Dad's name was Gary Plum, which has never happened right. before. Right. <laughs> yes, I had to, uh, you know, very politely. Ask the editor in the middle of a screening or in the Q and A section of a screening to please change my name. Uh, so uh, you know uh, the earbuds documentary. I don't know if you ever want to see what L Plum and I look like. Uh, look in there. We're featured. We're featured very briefly this in the end. In the end, and that's that. All right. So December, nineteen sixty, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and here. We see Superman. Superman is holding up one of those scales. Balance thingamajigs. And on one side, there is a turbaned fellow. And he is pouring what amounts to very, very large... 
pile of gems into one side. And on the other side, we see Jimmy Olsen, but not the Jimmy Olsen that we all know and love. It is a, uh, a more girthy, shall we say, Jimmy Olsen. So, uh, and then... He looks like what happened to Aunt Marge in that Harry Potter film in the beginning. Actually, I was going to say uh, Violet Beauregard in... Uh, <laughs> Except less blue. Right, and maybe a little less round, and there are no Oompa Loompas around. So, Superman, he says... Happy Jimmy, the Maharaja... Promise to give you your weight in jewels, and you're weighing in at 300 pounds. And uh, Jimmy is saying, but but, but I don't want to be fat. Not for all the jewels in the world. Can you help me reduce Superman, please? Yes, uh, you know, now, so far we have had gender shaming. I have an issue with this. Sexism. Race relations. And now... Just if you thought that we could handle it all, now we've moved into fat shaming. So, unfortunately, 300 pounds, when he says 300 pounds, I'm like, I've been 300 pounds. Oh, no. Probably at my biggest, I was 300 pounds. I am now smaller than that, but, you know, I'm like 270, 280. Which is still way too big. I'm not even Jumbo Jones. I'm bigger than Jumbo Jones. It makes it seem like it's the end of the world. Right. And it is. So, um, so, and then it says, featuring the fat boy of Metropolis. So, we start as we always start with the, now we've done the cover. Now we're going to the inside cover where we have... Art scholarship. Art instruction incorporated. You know, I actually looked and I found out that this is actually they're still in. This is still a thing. You're still in business. This is still a thing. Right. You can still, although I don't think you can make. I think now you make more than a hundred and fifty dollars a week. Yeah. For art, and I'm imagining that. I'm imagining that that they want you to use Wacom tablets and such. Wacom tablets are what a lot of artists use. Do you wear? Okay, I don't know. I have a lot of artist friends. Right, but I don't know what they do. They, you know, they could just be sketching idly in their... I mean, they do that too. Right, but they also use their Wacom tablets. I think also Bamboo is another brand. I don't know. Alright, All right. so this, this week... You have the flight attendant. You have the, let's call her the cosmopolitan lady. Flight attendant. The astronaut. Or is he a scuba diver? No, no, he's either an astronaut. The world may never know. No, he's either an astronaut or a test pilot. He's a scuba I'm, diver. No, he's not a scuba diver. <laughs> scuba divers don't use full helmets. And I'm gonna get I, my guess would be astronaut, and then Santa Claus. So basically, draw any of the people above. Oh, um, I'm just gonna throw this out there. If anybody out there in the listening audience. You know, because a lot of people who do podcasts are people who listen to podcasts are graphic artists, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that there are some great artists out there. I will post this to all of our social media, and uh, if you wanted to send in uh, your drawing of flight attendant or any of the art instruction people, uh, we'll put them on the Facebook page. Sure, why not? Okay. Or any other social media, like we'll put it on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook, by the way, otherpalspod at gmail.com is the email, otherpalspod on all the other social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yep. Maybe we'll start a Pinterest account. Let's not. But you're all about Pinterest. Mm. But somehow I feel as though... We have gotten off track. All right. So that brings us to our first story. Do you do you want to read it? Sure. Don't don't. Don't what? Don't be so. Uh, don't be so. Uh, what is the, what's the word I'm looking for? Tired. No. Don't be so. 
you know, excited. There we go. Too much. Right. Well, all we're doing is this. All right. Do you want to read the? Do you want to read it, or shall I read it? You want to read it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> um. She's feeling a little ill today, so I will just give her the microphone. I think you all know who this is. The she is the other person here. She's my daughter. She's not heavy. She's my daughter. Ella Plum Rowland, co-host of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Rowland, review an issue of the Silver Age comic book Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen with my daughter. Really? With my daughter. Really? Plum Roland. This is what you're going with to stall. And now... You're just reintroducing the podcast. Here she is. Have you run out of ideas? Here she is. Hope you've run out of ideas and might get to reading faster. Go ahead. In the past, Jimmy Olsen, Daily Planet cub reporter, has been guilty of many impulsive acts, no duh. But perhaps Jimmy's most reckless stunt occurs one day when he rashly switches personality with the ferocious creature of the jungle. And what happens when Superman's red-headed pal transfers to his human brain transfers his human brain to the body of a huge golden ape is the hilarious story of Jimmy's gorilla identity. All right. So now we have Superman is holding up a piece of paper, and behind a typewriter, we see a golden gorilla. And then we see a golden gorilla who's behind a typewriter, and we see Jimmy Olsen, who is squatting on top of a couple of file cabinets with some eating a banana with some other... A banana and some apple cores. Right. And going, grow, grow, grow. And Superman's going, I've I, I read your type note, Jimmy, but I still don't understand how did your brain enter a gorilla's body while his ape mind took over your human form? And then in the thought bubble, there's, con there's a, a, a golden ape saying, gosh, how do I explain even to Superman that the victim of real magic that I've become... Kong Gorilla. Now, do you know who Kong Gorilla is? Vaguely, since they explain it here, I have a question. Sure, please. Don't gorillas have vocal cords? Yeah, but they don't talk. Not every gorilla. You know, yes, of course, we all know yes. that Gorilla Grodd is, a, is an intelligent ape that talks, as does a number of other characters in the DC Universe. I don't know which ones have been introduced as of yet. So far, I think all we've had is the um, is 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 the, the the just like the growing, rampaging kind. Okay. Now, here's but the other thing is obviously so the the golden ape. It is well, I think, believe it has well been established. And in fact, I believe he actually made an appearance in an earlier issue. This golden ape that Congrill is a thing. Yeah. And that Superman should be able to put two and two together and say, Okay, Jimmy, how is it that you ended up being Congrilla? Huh? Huh? And why didn't he, and certainly also, why didn't he type in his note, he's the victim of real magic and he's become Congrilla? I don't know. Because, <laughs> like... That seems like some very important... Important and stupid information to like not put in the note. Okay, so our story opens Jimmy Olsen at uh, the offices of the Daily Planet, and Perry White, his boss, just tells him there's a famous hunter. His name is Congo Bill. So everybody knows, or maybe you don't know. Congo Bill was a hunter. Right. He, he explored in deepest Africa. And basically, long story short, he rescued 
a the life of a number of native tribesmen. Unfortunately, the medicine man was sort of mortally wounded, but as he was dying, he said, you know, for, for saving everybody, here is this ring. It is a magic ring. It gives you the fantastic power. You rub it, and... You switch bodies with, with the gorilla. With the, with, with the golden gorilla, and... Basically, you become him, and he becomes you for an hour. An hour. It's not one of the better powers in the DC universe, no. but, you know, it's still a good power. Yeah. Uh, it, and also, but also, you can certainly see the, the possibility for a lot of wacky hijinks. Yep. All right, so Congo Bill is in... Oh, no. And he also has... He has his sidekick. his sidekick, Janu, and Janu is a boy Tarzan-like character. Who, okay, yeah, maybe a little problematic, mm-hmm. but you know, hey, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so the first time he figures it out, so Janu figures it out ties Congo Bill to a tree. So basically what they find out is, uh, what you what you sort of learn is, okay, so whenever Congo Bill changes with Congorilla, he has to... Be tied down. Right, he has to be somehow contained. Because if he's not, he's going to be Congorilla, and Congorilla is going to go insane. And what happens is now, they can't find him. They don't know where the golden ape is. And Jimmy Olsen is like, well, why don't you just switch places with him? And he's like, well... Well, don't be dummy, dummy. He could be dead. Right, so... If he's dead, so I guess if you're dead and you're Kong Gorilla, if one of you is dead when you switch bodies, if someone were to rub the ring... I guess you both die? No, you're trapped in the other body forever, and I guess you die. Uh. So, you know, he's like, I gotta go find Superman, and I thought Superman would be able to help me. And Jimmy's like, can't, sorry. He's, uh, he's in the middle of the Earth right now. Preventing earthquakes. Okay. So he's like, okay. Well, then take this ring, and next time you see him, ask him to look for a giant golden gorilla wearing the same ring. Which, I don't know why you don't just say, tell him to go look for a giant golden gorilla. Or how about, I'm going to be at the hotel. When Superman comes back from the the middle of the earth. Come and get me. Come and get me. But instead, he says, take this magic ring, which has been the center of my life for the last little while. So really, at this point, he's basically just saying, go on, take this stupid thing, I want to see you get hurt. Right. And, of course, you know, Jimmy's like, okay. And I guess, although Congo, Congo Bill does know who Jimmy Olsen is, he has no idea that... How stupid and impressive right, he is. Apparently. All right, so... But what you then also find out is that currently plaguing the city is a group called the Red Knights. Okay. And they are a series of robbers. Wearing copper bulletproof armor. Right. And he's like, oh man, if I could become Congrilla. I could stop these guys. He's like, so I got to go find that ape. So he goes and the first thing he does is he, um, he's like, hey, there's this there's a gorilla being tested by scientists. That's got to be him. So uh, he goes, and it's not him. And yes, we recapture the ape, and we're testing him for hay fever reactions. That's weird. Uh. And then he goes to a set, and on the set he sees a golden gorilla, but it's a guy. In a gorilla mask. Right. And then... Honestly, it should tip you off that it's not a real gorilla if the gorilla is typing on a typewriter. Yes, and sitting in a director's chair. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and not, like, you know, not being in Super a... Fine. Or, like, yeah, basically, like, not being in a cage with anybody around. So, finally, he locates him in Metropolis at a wild animal farm. 
and he's like, hey, mister, how much for the gorilla? That's not how that works. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, they, maybe they, they do, it is sometimes, I guess, I don't know. Like, you know, there weren't a lot of... You don't just buy a gorilla. But there weren't a lot of regulations about having um, yeah, but gorillas. Yeah, just buy a gorilla. Well, that's true. But apparently in Metropolis you do. All right, so he's like, all right, well, now I know he's here and I know he's alive. So at some point, maybe we'll just, you know, I'll just switch out with him and it'll be fine. Um, or I'll just let him know where he is and we'll, and Congo Bill can go find him. But on the way out... He hears that the Red Knights have attacked the thing. And then he's right. like, oh, I have to do this now. So he <laughs> goes up to a kangaroo. Wait, 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 wait. So... This is actually something that somebody was talking about recently that I found that's, like, always hysterical in, like, movies or... Kangaroos really that violent? They can be, yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, in movies and stuff like that, whenever there's, like, crime going on and, that, like, the people are involved, whenever somebody switches on the radio, it automatically always talks about the crime that those people are interested in. And... Like, before they give any, like, real details, the people always switch it off. Yeah. Well, either way, Jimmy's first reaction is, oh, I need to do this now. I'm going to go find out how to knock my human self out so that I can inhabit the gorilla, and the gorilla can be me but not hurt anyone. So he goes up to a kangaroo that is very helpfully labeled, boxing kangaroo, kangaroo. don't get too close. And then Jimmy rubs the magic ring. And the kangaroo hits him in the face, punches him with like a right cross. Although that is not how kangaroos box. Don't they kick and stuff? Yes, they ba they basically they go they kind of sit on their tails and kick yeah, out. Yeah, because their tail is basically just an extension of their spine and almost like a third leg right. for them. So like, so then, so then the gorilla gets out and he's Jimmy. And he gently puts, and he gently takes a guy out of his jeep and starts driving to the bank where the red knights are robbing with a medieval battering ram. Okay. So they're all... I get that you're the knights. However... They really have to play this that motif. Is woefully inefficient. Well, you know, they have to get through somehow, and so they make a battering yeah, but ram. like a giant wooden battering ram. Is not the best thing. And it's certainly not going to work against a steel bulkhead door. Yeah, no. I don't care if it's on the back of a pickup truck. Right. It's not going to work. Wood is not as strong as steel. But, just in case, Congorilla shows up, and he foils them. He swings the thing around and then smashes it to pieces and then sprays them with the fire hydrant water. And then steals a policeman's bike and rides off when he hears that the Red Knights are also catapulting something somewhere else. Right. That, like, as they're, that, like, they, they, they've, they've got some kind of thing going on where they're robbing a bank and a jewelry store both at the same time. And attempting and to catapult something through unbreakable glass. Um, gentlemen. And at Metropolis, you know, he's like, oh, hey, that girl is stealing my motorcycle. Meanwhile... Uh, Lois Lane just happens to be driving by the animal farm where he sees, or she sees Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy's probably been gone for a while and, like, told them where they where he was going, and her knowing him knew that he would probably be in some form of trouble by now. Well, it says here... It's a good thing Perry told me to track Jimmy down because Jimmy um, hadn't connected to the office since yesterday. So, she picks up Jimmy, finds him on the street, picks him up, puts him in the car, starts to go to the Daily Planet, but just outside of the Daily Planet, Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen wakes up. wakes up, but this is uh, Jimmy Olsen as Kongorilla, and what is, uh, like all apes, he starts to climb up the side of the building, steals, steals a random a thing of bananas that I guess is infested with fruit flies, and so like, it was the story... That they were going to, like, sue a fruit company for bringing bad fruit? I don't know. I don't know. But he takes the bananas. It's a banana. It's a bundle of bananas. And... Or whatever. 
It's a group of bananas, a bunch of bananas. A bunch, that's the word. A bunch of bananas, and they go, uh... And then he goes and he eats it, and he throws it down. And as this is happening, Jimmy is going to the people who are trying to catapult actual humans through unbreakable bulletproof glass. Um, I have an issue with this. (laughs) Sure. I also have a question. Okay. Do they want to die? Well, I think probably what should have happened at this point was, like, he should have just said, okay, go on. <laughs> like, instead of doing anything, he should, have said, he should have just sat there and said, okay, I'm just going to sit here, and I'm going to see if this actually does anything. <laughs> because that's bulletproof glass. I'm not sure that hurling a bunch of guys in armor into it is going to do anything. But instead... He, like, that is the most stupid and self-endangering way to rob anything. You don't just shoot yourself. You don't just attempt to shoot yourself through bulletproof glass. Well, I guess in this case he does. So so then uh, Jimmy catapults them into a car. One of those... Mechanic lift thingamajigs. Right. And when you go to a mechanics, they have that lift that they put cars on. Although now I think for the most part they have pits. Because way. way too many cars have fallen off the lifts. So um, so basically, they put he puts them in the thing and spins it around and foils the Red Knight's other plan. And then he dashes off on the same motorcycle to go find himself. So Perry White looks out and he's like, hey, look, a gorilla. It's like, yeah, a couple of months ago, Titano, the Super 8, climbed up here. And now this ape? What's going on here? So, eventually... I mean, at least he's acknowledging that it's not a normal thing. Right. I guess so. Although, you know, at this point, maybe it is becoming a normal thing. He is the second ape. So, he rubs the ring, they switch bodies again. And then then Jimmy forgets to account for the fact that he has just placed himself in a wrestling match with an actual gorilla. And the gorilla... And proceeds to throw him off the top of the building. And he is hurtling towards his doom, and he says, wait, I, like, the only thing I can do, the only thing I can do at this point call is call Superman. I and mean, at least he's right to call Superman right. this time. And this isn't like a grease fire in a frying pan. Exactly. This is not... Uh, this is an actual life-threatening situation. So, um... Just in time, Superman flies through, and Jimmy's like, you got signal? And he's like, no, I looked up to see how you were doing, and you were hurtling to your death. Right, so I just thought I'd, I, I just happened to be so, passing by, and I thought I would just save you. So your I decided I had to save you, because you're a moron who got yourself into this situation in the first place. So, then, he's like, alright, I'm gonna go, so he sort of gives them an idea of what's happening. And he's like, all right, well, I'll handle this ape. And they're like, fight the gorilla. And he's like, don't, he'll, he'll kill you. He's kill crazy. And Superman's like, uh, um, Superman. I'm indestructible. And so literally, he's just standing there with his arms crossed as the gorilla is attempting to rip him from them. I do love that he's just standing there with his arms crossed. He's being held horizontally (laughs) above the gorilla's head. He's just, he looks so Bored. Yeah, it's weird. It's great. I think it's great that he like he's sitting there and then like Congorilla, first of all, he like gets him in a headlock, starts beating on his head, <laughs> picks him up, sprints him around, and like then starts punching him in the face, and then Superman punches him once. Right. And just actually doesn't he just go like No, he wears him out. Yeah, he, he, that he does. He just basically lets him beat on him until he's too tired. <laughs> And then Congo Bill shows up, and all's well, all's well that ends, ends well. well. The end. So next we have Homer. It is a comic, one of those comic strips that they put in these things. He goes, "Hi, Homer. Uh, there's a new restaurant that opened. You want to eat there with me?" And he goes, "Swell. There it is, across the street." And the Homer then says, it can't be much good. And he says, why? And he says, look. And there is a sign that says, out to lunch. lunch. Because, why not? Uh, Once again, can these things 
really be funny. No. All right. So then we have coming super attractions. We have in Adventure Comics. Now, Adventure Comics, we all know. And if we don't know, I'm telling you now. Is a combination of, I guess, Superman and Superboy comics. And so he says, can you imagine Supergirl as the sister of Superboy? So it's basically the idea of, you know, Superman and Superboy, Superboy and Supergirl being like brother and sister. And then there's a Kong Gorilla story and an Aquaman story. And then in Superboy comics, there is the mystery of the Mighty Boy. And then in Action Comics, I should find this one, Superman's old age. Basically, what will happen to Superman when he gets old? What do you think will happen to Superman when he gets old? He can shout, get off my lawn about 20 right. times louder than the average old man. It's true. And he can, like, you know, cause an earthquake to get them all off of his lawn. And then... He could lift his lawn off of the planet in order to get the kids off of his lawn. It's true. He's not somebody whose lawn should be messed with. Uh, so then we have the next giant Superman annual. So they, You literally just finished advertising for the last one. Right. But the other thing is, like, these annuals are coming out a month or once a year. Okay, so then we have uh, Battle with Titano, the thing from 40,000, because you know, this says no, it's on sale everywhere November 10th, and the last one was in June. So biannual. Right, I guess so. So it's all sort of the big stories, like one's uh, the uh, Tears for Titano, the thing from 40,000 AD, Metallo, Brainiac, the first, the first Bizarro, and the Superman duel, the Invulnerable Enemy. I have no idea who the Invulnerable Enemy is. Which then brings us to our second story. Cub reporter Jimmy Olsen is justly proud of the many clever disguises year where he wears whenever he goes undercover work for the Daily Planet. But one day, nature gives him a disguise he can't pull out of his famous costume trunk. More than 100 pounds of excess blubber and, alas, triple-chinned Jimmy discovers that doubling his weight has more than doubled his problems when he becomes the fat boy of Metropolis. <sighs> so then we see Jimmy Olsen. You see Superman. Superman is in a crane, and he's using this crane to pull Jimmy Olsen, who seems to have fallen down a manhole cover. And Jimmy Olsen says, Superman, help! I fell into this manhole and I can't budge out of it. And Superman says, I understand, Jimmy, you're too fat. Okay, I'll use this Derek to lift that, lift you out. Which apparently means that, that Jimmy apparently is way too fat for even Superman to lift. Or Superman just wants to prove a point. Right. You know, he is Superman. Why doesn't he just say, okay, why don't I, I just, just I just be Superman around you? Okay, so that has nothing to do with the actual story. It's true. At no point does he actually ever fall down a man trevor, and Superman needs a Derek to pull him out. So, basically... The uh, story starts... Jimmy Olsen is... is In Professor Potter's Is lab. visiting everybody's favorite scientific mentist, Professor Potter. Has and no one pressed charges against him for, like... Apparently not. What, what would that be? Like, public endangerment or something? I have no idea. So he goes in and he's checking out Dr. Potter's, Professor Potter's new formula, which is the somehow makes plumper livestock and uh, makes animals double in size so that, you know, livestock can yield more food. However, Professor Potter is not there today. It is his assistant. His assistant, Dr. Rance. Okay. See, I have an issue with this. Sure, go ahead. Because I would not trust anyone who is willingly apprenticed himself to that old crackpot. Well, sure, but, you know, it's... Jimmy Olsen is just like, you know, as we all know, Jimmy Olsen seems to have some kind of blind spot for Professor Potter. I would like to actually see all of the stories that uh, Jimmy Olsen has covered for Doctor for Professor Potter that didn't result in some weird side effect. Yeah. 
So, um, the assistant basically offers him a bottle of cola while he's doing all of this stuff. And then Jimmy drinks it, and then he's like, oh, wait, that was the magical enlargement serum. And Jimmy's like, ha, good thing it doesn't affect humans. And this guy's like, yes, yes, it does. But he doesn't say this. He just thinks it. He's like, yes, it affects humans. That's why I friggin' gave it to you. But I know it will, you fool. That's why I slipped that stuff to you, making you as fat as a hippo. Ouch. Nope. Don't hippos weigh, like, half a ton? They do. They weigh a lot. So... So, Jimmy goes over to Perry's house, because apparently... Perry's helping him write a story on the Superman trophies. Yep, that's what it is. And so he's staying overnight. He stays overnight at the White Residence. And in the middle of the night, the stuff takes effect, and he destroys a cot. In the morning. And then Perry comes in and is like, what did you do? You've become as fat as a pig. Oh, man. Like, it's just... It's just... Insult after insult. Awful. And so he's like, you need... And Jimmy's like, it's better for me to hide in this random barrel than in my barely fitting pajamas that are splitting further by the second. Right, he's got these, so he's got these pajamas and the pajamas... Where does this barrel come from? He's he's got these pajamas and the pajamas is ripped and now he has gone into that trope that people, that I I, I just, this is another one of those things where I really want to see an actual real situation of a guy... Who Jokes in a barrel. doesn't have any clothes and decides that he needs to wear a barrel? But there are no barrels, like anywhere. A rainbow, rainwater barrels. Okay. That was like a big thing. Okay. And this is at a time when they didn't really have like metal. I mean, they did, but people usually use like wa- like wooden barrels, like handmade by coopers. Well, so Perry White comes down and is like, "This is my father's Santa Claus costume. Right. Wear it." And Jimmy was like. But if I wear it's it, it's summer. Right. Oh my God, it's summer, and everybody's going to think that I'm insane. So uh, he then says, Well, at, at least the... it's easier to close my suitcase. Right. And also, he then proceeds to crush completely. And he says, early. At the end of this week, the Maharaja of Bengali, of sorry, Bonali, arrives, and he saved his life and is about to give him his weight in jewels. Imagine he'll collect 300 pounds of diamonds. And, I mean, that's uh, not a bad deal. No. I guess not. I guess it's like one of the only situations. It's really the only thing that's comfortable about being fat. Because everything else is terrible. He's the most horrible and hideous. I'm surprised he hasn't decided to leave town. This is a situation where Jimmy Wilson would go like, I'm a freak. I'm disgusting. I better go leave town. And then everybody goes, where's Jimmy? And then... He's overreacted more over the last... It's true. Now... He's like, all right. <sighs> so he's out off to buy a suit that will fit him. And so everybody's like, hey, look, look, look at that guy with the Santa Claus costume. Much like a, like some kind of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Olsen is out in the street and everybody thinks he's crazy. Dressed as Superman. And so then he's, for some reason, at the... Because apparently a construction worker dropped a red-hot rivet onto the roof next to the apartment building that he was in, so we wanted to make sure that it doesn't burn the building down. And who happens to be sunning herself right on this very roof? But Jimmy Olsen's girlfriend, the lovely Lucy Lane, who then sees Jimmy Olsen dressed as Santa Claus, and is like, that looks like a fat Jimmy Olsen, but that can't be. There's no way that he could gain that much weight in that small a period of time. And then Jimmy Olsen goes up to the suit shop and is basically like, I just need one or two of these. I plan on losing 170 pounds in right. a week. Right, And they're like... And then he says, what are you going to do? Bet on an English horse? I have no idea what that means. It means he's going to use pounds to bet on a horse and that horse is going to lose, so he's going to lose the money. Wow. Thank you. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I am stunned. 
I'm not sure what I'm stunned more by. You're recognizing that as the as what it meant, but I got it. Or that they tried to make that that a joke. So I understood it. But. (laughs) I'm sorry, I am literally flabbergasted and speechless. Because I had no idea. It made no sense. I'm going to have to need to look up whether or not. whether or not this is like a thing. It's not. I get to look. Because the, uh, I'm just, I, I'm super confused. All right. So, so then he goes out and Jimmy is with uh, Clark Kent, mild manner reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper. And they're going skydiving. What? <laughs> this is a bad idea. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so he decided that. The formula which increased your weight, maybe I'd better handle this eyewitness story of an army cargo plate flight alone. So he was going to just like basically fly on a cargo flight. And And Jimmy's like, nope, I'm going with you. Right. And so uh, he, so what happens is there's a problem with the plane and everybody has to bail out. But unfortunately, uh, Jimmy, of course, since he is so fat, he's so fat that parachutes won't work for him. So, Clark Kent, mild manner reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, who is, in fact, Superman, Superman uses his super breath, super breath to drift the, par- the parachute over a swimming pool right next to a dry watering hole, and Jimmy moves literally all the water into the pool into the watering hole a couple feet away with a single splash. Right. So, basically, he hugely cannonballs into this pool and knocks all the water into the pool next door. And everybody's like, hey, oh my god, he must weigh a ton. He's displacing a hundred gallons of water. Oh my god. So next, Jimmy is helping with fireman stuff, I think? Uh, Yeah, so basically, and it's something that he decides that he needs to... uh, So he falls, and the firemen are like, all right, we're going to put out this, uh, you know, the the, the net that we have. But he's going to be so fat that he's going to die. And just as he's about to be destroyed and squished, Superman shows up and saves him. Yep. And then he is walking by a carnival, and apparently the resident fat guy at the right. carnival, yes. I guess, yes. lost a lot of weight, so got fired, and either his girlfriend or his wife was the resident fat lady at the carnival and thought that Jimmy was supposed to be the new guy. Right. And so didn't want the boss to see him, so pretended to ask him out for lunch. And then... The second the boss left, she was like, who needs you? And pushed him over and dumped food on his head. And Lucy Lane just happens to be walking by, and is like, my God, Jimmy. And he says... So basically, Lois Lane, uh, Lucy Lane decides, of course, that Jimmy is far too fat, and, uh, you know, if a carnival fat lady isn't attracted to him... Then no one is, and I, I must go, because I can't be seen with no fatties. Hashtag no fatties. I don't like this story. It's a terrible story, and it has a, it has a terrible... It has jokes that even you don't get in it. No. Well, you know, I guess, like, a lot of people don't really, they don't really directly fat shame people, like, to their faces anymore. I I guess they must. Yeah, I'm sure you go to high school. It must happen. But yeah, I just, it's just so it is weird and wrong and you know, you should be happy with who you are. But this is actually something yeah that like it was very common to be to have a uh, the circus freak show there was the fat it was usually fat lady. It wasn't really generally a fat guy, but fat ladies you know, they were a thing, but now they, they don't, they aren't really a thing anymore. And even then, when the fat ladies were fat ladies, they really weren't, by modern standards, that fat. Well, everyone back then wore, like, corsets and stuff. Right. So then, okay, it's like, all right, well, this is going to be all taken care of. I am going to straighten things out with Lucy once again, and then 
the Maharaja has wired him and is arriving ahead of schedule. So he decides that he's going to fly out to see him. And Superman carries an offer, and they're basically like, okay, now take these jewels. My god, you've grown in size. Now take these jewels, which is your weight, and then have them, I guess? Donate them to charity or something? Right. But it was actually a crook who was the assistant for the thingamajig. Yeah, so it seems that Dr. Rance was actually, this was all part of a very big plot to uh, smuggle in diamonds or a series of jewels into the country, into the country, which is perhaps one of the thinnest premises I've ever seen for a story, ever. Beards. <laughs> That's true. I don't even have to the say the whole thing at this point. The Beard Society. I don't know if we do t-shirts, but that would be one of them. Right up there with this... This robot is trained to smash your camera. So, Professor Potter gets back. Jimmy takes the antidote, because apparently something we forgot to mention earlier in the issue was that he called Professor Potter and was like, I drank the thing. What happens now? Do you have an antidote? And he's like, it'll take me a week to make the antidote. Right. So, he takes the antidote, and then he goes to see the Maharaja, and then he's back to 150 pounds. So he only gets 150 pounds of gemstones. But you know... Which is still a good deal. Exactly. And he doesn't keep it for himself, which is weird. He but, you know, it to charity. He does. He's great. It's probably because he's caused so much property damage. Maybe. Yeah, maybe there is some kind of fund that the insurance companies have, have ordered Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen to have. Because he just gets into so much weird trouble. Alright, so the end. Um, so, and then they have all these uh, then, of course, we have Jimmy Olsen's Pen Pals. Dear Editor, I think I have a great idea for you. How about a story where Jimmy Olsen becomes a prize fighter and scores several knockouts? Uh, they already did. And basically, they were like... they already do that? Yes, they did. They said, hey, we already did this a couple of years, dummy. Buy a back issue, dummy. Don't be a dummy. Oh, and somebody says, hey... I despise the way Lois Lucy Lane treats Jimmy Olsen. Teach her a Honestly, lesson. Honestly, I do too. Why don't you involve Jimmy romances with movie stars like Debbie Reynolds? And uh, so they're like, hey, we're working on a story where Jimmy receives and... So basically, they're like, yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> Take yeah. it, take it easy. But th- thank you, thank you for your concern. And I think you know maybe that is one of those we're going to subtly, not so subtly, place and add for a future issue. Right. So um, then we have let's go hunting, Bandicoot. Find as many four-letter words as you can using the letters in the word Bandicoot. B A N D I C O O T. Right. Bandicoot. So then. I have one. You have a bandicoot? I, no, I have a word. Band? Yeah. And then ecoot? <laughs> Coot is a four letter word. No. Uh, yes, that is certainly one of many. Have you been looking? Were you looking at no. the. All right, and then, of course, there is uh, stamps. stamps. There's nothing interesting to say about stamps. Stamps, stampity stamps, There's stamps, like, hey, stamps. we got these stamps. You should take them. We don't want them. Right. All right, so then brings us to our last story. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Driving during his amazing career as Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, the red-headed Daily Planet cub reporter has been an elastic lad, a genie, a human octopus, and a wolfman. And now, due to the unpredictability of his favorite girl, Lucy Lane, Jimmy masquerades as the nation's number one rock and roll star, becoming alias Chip O'Doul. Is he based off a real person? I don't think so. Just a random... Yeah. Okay. So, but the thing is, they have done this story before. Yeah, they have. 
He was a crooner for a while. Like a minute. Yeah, in a previous issue. Yeah, but so, now it's motivated by his want to get revenge on Lucy. Right. So now, so, totally uh, so outside we see Jimmy Olsen. Singing in the park. Singing in the park. I believe he's dressed like a Bob Dylan-esque. I think he's got like a Bob Dylan slash. He's got cuffed pants. He uh, Or uh, Bob Dylan or uh, Woody Guthrie style singer. Somewhere between there. And he says. Cuffed, like jeans. And brown leather jacket. And he says, I'm the way out kid from out from inner space. Going to play some tracks on the human race. And then the gir- there's a series of girls. Because there's. Always a series of girls. One saying, cool, and one saying, the utmost, and one saying, the ginchiest. Nope. <laughs> nope. One saying, she, like, great. Yeah. Has nothing to do with ginchy. So, we find out that, so, uh, J- Jimmy Olsen and Lucy Lane are parked in Atlanta, uh, like looking over Metropolis Bay, listening to great music on the radio. They're at makeout point. Basically, but they're not making out. At least not that we can see. They're not. So I guess before Jimmy makes his move, uh, uh, Chip O'Duel comes on the radio, the country's leading rock and roll singer. And Jimmy's like, ugh. He's like, how dare you? Right. He's like, ugh. How about, ooh. Jimmy, take me home. We are no longer dating because you do not share the same taste in music as I do. Right. Because, of course, that is always... You know, sometimes that is actually a thing. Yeah, I know. But her reaction is a little extreme. I, I, you know, I said... I remember I was driving someone someday. One day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am... You just let everybody know. I am, a, a, at times, a Lyft driver. And then I drove a guy, and he was telling me that he was trying to get his girlfriend to get into Bob Dylan. Uh-huh. And, you know, does he have any, does she have any, did I have any advice for him? And I said, play it for her. If she doesn't like it. I'm like, if she don't, if she winds up not liking it, don't count it against her. I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, she can have the appreciation of how special it is to you without actually... Enjoying it. Right. Just be like, look, I know that this is your thing. Thank you. I know that I'm going to have to listen to Bob Dylan from time to time. I guess I'll be okay with that. But maybe I don't love him as much as you do. So, then... Jimmy asks for a good night kiss, and she's like, no, because you insulted someone I like. Right, you insulted the great Chip O'Doul. How dare you? So, basically, uh, he gets this idea. So then you find out that... And then she calls him the next day, and is like, can you mail this letter to Chip O'Doul for me? Oh, I by the way. I like a few days ago. By the way. And he sees there's a poster of Chip O'Doul, and there's a series of women, and one of the women... Shouts, man, he is the ginchiest. That is absolutely true. That is on this issue. There is a panel that says that. Can you verify that for me, Ella Plum Rowland? It is verified. It is not a good word. No, I I disagree. I think I'm going to start referring to things as ginchy. I think that I will start ignoring you when you start referring to things as ginchy. Fine. Fine. <laughs> So, um... So Jimmy's like, huh, I kind of look like this guy I hate and my girlfriend loves. Wait, I've got this great idea. I am a master of a hundred faces. So I will make one of those faces star Chip O'Doul. And then I'm going to ruin her relationship with Chip O'Doul. That doesn't exist. But Chip O'Doul... Shows up. Jimmy Olsen, yeah, he... He has brown boots, like brown lace-up boots, cuffed jeans, an olive green button-down. Right, basically... A leather jacket and, like... And, and one of those hats. A boat captain hat. Right. And one of those hats. One of those 60s... It's really like the 60s folk singer hat. Yeah. And so he goes to Lucy, and he says, I'm answering that 
hip fan letter of yours. He's like, hey, you're a terrific looker. How about blasting off on us on a date? So they go off and she says, careful, don't crush the guitar. So he then goes out and they go out on a, a rowboating date. And then Lucy kisses him. Right. Lucy just like makes a serious move on him. And she's like, and she's like, can I see you tomorrow? And he's like, maybe. I gotta go, babe. I can't have, I'm a rambling man. He's like, I got stuff to do. So he's going down to the recording. And the next day. They're out and about at another party, soiree, masquerade, ball type thing. And Jimmy's like, why won't you kiss me? And Lucy's like, please stop pestering me, Jimmy. You know how I feel about kissing only on special occasions. And Jimmy's like, well, she was kissing Chip O'Doul last night. Right. Didn't seem to have a problem with kissing Chip O'Doul. It's a special occasion if you meet your celebrity crush and he asks you out on a date. Right, that's true. Um, okay, so then the next day, Jimmy Olsen is uh, is hanging out with uh, the, at the, the offices of the Daily Planet and... He said, well, Superman is, is being is busy being uh, interviewed by Lois Lane. Uh, and he says, hey, why don't you take these $5,000 in counterfeit bills to police headquarters? It's evidenced against some crooks he captured. So, I'm not exactly sure when it was. They should be turning this into police directly. Right. Yeah, I don't know why the police weren't there in the first place and said, hey, we're going to take this $5,000 as evidence because, you know... We need that. Well, it's counterfeit. Right. So then he's like, all right, well, I got to go. While I'm doing this, I'm going to dress up as Chip, and I'm going to go, and I'm, I'm going to go pick up Lucy and be out. And so she finds $5,000 on him, and she's like, what are you doing with this $5,000? And he, he says, it's payola. So he's like, I pay the disc jockeys to play the records, and they pay it for me. That's... Keeps me up on the charts. Right. Which is actually a thing that happened and uh, is now totally illegal. Yep. And now, but now, you know, like radio doesn't really matter as much as it once did, so it doesn't really matter. And the uh, the record companies have found much other more profitable ways to make their people yep. money. Although there's not, and that's a whole other thing. So, uh, Chip O'Doul. And she's like, and he's like, she'll just be disgusted at my blatant cheating. And she's like, oh, that's so smart and enterprising. And kisses him on the cheek. And at this point, Jimmy is just internally. It's like, what do I him. have to do to get, like, ugh? Uh, so that evening at the planet's outing at the amusement park. So he takes Lucy out. This is Jimmy again, not Jimmy. Right, Jimmy. Jimmy as Jimmy tries to steal a kiss from him, and uh, and she slaps him. She calls him. She should, you know, she might as well call him a masher and smacks him in the face. And then, the next day, he dresses as Chip O'Doul and takes Lucy out on a date, and says he's going to release this toy rabbit and act cowardly. So she, basically, so he wants to see that. Chip O'Doul is afraid of rabbits. And what you then find out is... Behind the rabbit is a bear. It's a bear. And they're like, well, you're really smart for... Not being... For, for being afraid of that bear. Uh, so this is actually another one of those things where Superman... Where once again, Jimmy Olsen is sort of using his powers of coincidence. <laughs> Except using them wrong. Right. Um, And then he... Gets a flat, I guess. Yeah, he gets a flat, but happened to be coming by, and once again, using his powers of coincidence, is the gala picnic of the Chippo Duel fan club, and they see him. Fix his car for him. Right. And they fix his car for him, and they're like, hey, while you're here, why don't you uh, give us a song? A song. And then Jimmy's like, I don't know anything, I'll just make this up as a go. So he starts throwing on the guitar and just starts kind of shouting lyrics. He says, I don't care if you're a spook, as long as you're a real hip kook. Make now, things as we go. Woo-hoo. Now, I will say that a spook 
is a terrible racial epithet. Oh, no. But I don't think that that is what they meant to say at that time. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, so, that evening, as Superman streaks past Lois Lane's apartment, how much time do you think he spends streaking by Lois Lane's apartment? Lois Lane? Lo- yeah, yeah, so I guess Lois and Lucy, they both live together. That's the thing. Know. Well, I guess when Lucy's in town, she stays at her sister's house. Right. So, Superman then flies into Lois Lane's apartment, which is, again... Kind of creepy. And then says, then sees Jimmy and is like, what is going on? Because Jimmy is still in his Chippo Duel costume. And right. Jimmy's like, I screwed up. Help me fix this. Right. So then he's like, I got an idea. So what he does is as, so basically, so Superman, he blows the mask and the, the, the disguise off of him. And he's like, oh. And then, and then Lucy's like, I knew it was you, you moron. Right. You know, it's not that, you know, I'm not that dumb. She wanted, I wanted to teach you a lesson, so I wouldn't stop kissing Chip, but I wouldn't kiss you to teach you a lesson, basically. But I still continue to fool you, you know, but I still kissed both of you. But hey, dummy, you're a dummy, Right, right. All is well at that end's well, whew, what a relief, chick. I mean, Lucy. <sighs> and then uh, Superman said, I overheard Lucy telling Lois how she intended to punish Jimmy, so I unmasked Jimmy before Lucy to end his suffering. Oh, well, all's well that ends well. All right, so after that, do we... you want spending money? Sell these popular patriotic and religious mottos from Stephen's credit sales, keeping 10%. Of however many you sold. Right. You know, once again, it is uh, Steven's credit sales all about. So, and then magic pamphlets. So it's pamphlets of like various things that you can learn. This is when, you know, before. Self-defense. Right. There's self-defense, learning how to draw. Fun for boys. I don't think I want to know. Let's see. Uh oh. Let I, I want to see what's fun for boys. I don't. Okay. Here's a treasure chest of enjoyed, interesting pastimes and sports. So it's basically like, here, do these things. Do these traditionally manly things. Are you a bored teen? Don't don't become a delinquent. Try these things. Become a wizard ping pong. Training your dog to do tricks. Plant directions. Plant. And directions for making useful articles, playthings, etc. out of wood. How to be the life of a party with magic. That's not possible. 101 <laughs> money-making plans and ideas. A group of indoor and outdoor games. An eight-lesson drawing course on figures, still life, cartoons, art, and lettering. A complete course in boxing with blows, defense strategy, and tactics. Secrets of Jiu-Jitsu and amazing grips and holds to overcome any person. A program for developing powerful muscles. How to make shadow pictures. A whole group of animals, birds, etc. You can make by using, throwing only shadows on the wall using fingers and hands. How to do tricks with a cowboy lariat. A complete course in wrestling and whole wits. With holds, grips, and throws fully explained. A beginner's course on ventriloquism with complete skit. Never before such a wonderful book. 25, 256 pages, hundreds of illustrations, and only a dollar. And you get a game clip complete with assortment of games, kits, puzzles, hours of fun, play, and entertainment. So. Okay, so here's the thing. Sure. I think I actually have a book similar to that along those lines that was given to me by an uncle a long time ago. And it's one for God, there's one of them for boys, which I have, and one of them for girls, which I have. And they both have mostly the same stuff, but I found that the girls one is actually more educational. Well, and then it has like, you know, party games, the key to handwriting analysis, key to astronomy, conversation made easily, home experiments in electricity, mathematics self-taught, and the key to space travel. So basically it's like, here, make yourself interesting for only a dollar. Woohoo! So it's, uh, you know, it's, and this is a new, this is definitely a new advertiser to the, um, 
And it is the Padel Book Company. And basically, you could send them, like, just, like, all this money to find all these things that will make you terribly interesting. And, you know, this will be something that will come in the future, like, forever. All right, now we have, I believe this is George Jowett. Yep. Because of all of the fonts. Everybody's favorite font-crazed man, George Jowett. And how you can get... Uh, but, you know, he has the stuff for gaining the muscles, but he gets them for free this time. Mm-hmm. And then the back, you get a free signet ring if you can identify these four Where's presidents. There's Lincoln. Lincoln, Grant, Grant Roosevelt, and Roosevelt. they've been doing this for months now. If you can't figure it out... Look in a book. Right. I mean, really, at this point, really. But then you find out that it is actually seriously for Cloverine South. South. Woohoo! So that concludes issue number 49. I would like to thank you all for listening. Thank you. Uh, if you wish to follow us on social media, it is Other Pals Pod on Facebook, Other yeah. Pals Pod on Twitter, and Other Pals Pod on the Instagram. And I post different things to each. One. Um, if you send us a drawing of one of the figures for Art Instruction Incorporated, we will post it on the website. Let me see. If you have a moment, please tell one person one of the stories you have heard on Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. And if they are interested, please turn them on to our podcast. If you have a moment, you could also write Aaron review on the podcast because that's what people do. Yeah. Helps us get our name out there. Yeah. If you know somebody who listens to podcasts and Silver Age comics or just people talking about weird things, uh, let them know too. Yep. Thank you, Spin Doctors, for not suing us. Nope. Anything else? Support your local roller derby. All right. So until the next time, this is Gary Rowland. This is Ella Plum Rowland. And we say, what do we say? Superman away. Away.